WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. The deadline to sign Le'Veon Bell to a long-term contract is less than one hour away. If a deal can't be reached, then Bell plays on the franchise tag, and then he leaves after the 2018 season via free agency. Before we revisit that debate, let's consider a few things said today by a couple leading NFL insiders, namely Peter King and Adam Schefter. Peter King said, quote, I really, really love Le'Veon Bell, but for the Steelers, they have to be careful in investing too much of their future in a guy who, three years from now, might not really be Le'Veon Bell, unquote. I agree with Peter King. Look at DeMarco Murray, who retired Friday after seven seasons in the league. He led the NFL in rushing in 2014. He led the AFC in rushing in 2016. But last year, DeMarco Murray hit a wall. His burst disappeared. His injuries and workload appeared to have a cumulative effect. Murray had a career-worst year last season, and now he's done after seven seasons. Bell will be playing his sixth season in 2018. Bell is closer to the end of his prime than he is the middle, and that's despite being 26. Bell got to be an old 26. And now here what Adam Schefter had to say. Quote, I think it's possible Le'Veon Bell sits out the first half of the year if he doesn't get a long-term deal done. The goal at that point would be to hit 2019 free agency healthy, not rack up another 400 touches, unquote. That's Adam Schefter of ESPN uh, appearing on Sirius XM Radio earlier today. Now, Bell sitting out the first half of the year would make sense to do for the reason Schefter said. But I don't buy it. I don't think it's going to happen because Bell won't miss paychecks because I bet Bell can't afford to. I'm guessing Bell spends it as fast as he gets it. I bet Lev Bell is not a saver. Look at this rap thing. He's been in the studio all summer. Studio time ain't free. So even though sitting eight games or however long would make sense for Bell in the long term, in the short term he can't afford to not get paid that seven mil or whatever, he would forfeit. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network says the Steelers and Bell are still negotiating. They got 57 minutes to wrap up a long-term contract, but I don't think a deal's going to get done. And whether the Steelers know it or not, I think that would suit the Steelers just fine. It's hilarious when Mike Tomlin says both sides want to get a deal done, and Bell says the same thing. That's horse manure. If both sides wanted to get a deal done, it's been, what, two years nonstop of this negotiation. Tomlin's saying that, Bell saying that, that's just blah, blah, blah. Last year, the Steelers offered Bell $60 million over five years, and Hitta got $30 million in the first two years. Bell turned that down. He should not have. And I might not offer that to Bell now because he's a year deeper into his prime, and anyway, Bell wants more. 
He simply wants more. 15 per year, 17 per year. It depends on the day. It depends on his mood. It depends on what rhymes because he rapped about wanting 15 mil. Let's not forget. But Le'Veon Bell wants more. When Bell joins his new team in 2019, he won't do as well. And that team won't do as well as the Steelers did when Bell was with them. But Bell will get more money. This isn't about Bell being a pioneer for running backs getting more respect, no matter what he says. Bell just wants paid, period. If Bell does sit out the first half of the year, and he could sit out as many as 10 games and still get the free agency in 2019, if Bell does that, the Steelers are screwed. Because James Conner isn't a starter. Just isn't. So that's the latest on Bell. Just get what you can out of him this year and then replace him. Backs aren't hard to replace, and I'll talk about that a bit later in this hour. The only thing that would hurt the Steelers is if Bell set out the first half of the season, and I just don't think he will. I think he's glad the Steelers are hearing that he might, but I just don't think Bell wants to bypass making 7 mil and some change. That's if he skips eight games. Like I said, to be exact, Bell could actually skip 10 games and still get to free agency. But Lev Bell is scheduled to make, under the franchise tag, 909 k per game. I just don't see him missing any games. And by the way, the notion that Bell is protecting his health by skipping 8, 9, 10, however many games, and protecting his health for free agency. That's true. I mean, it cuts the odds of getting injured way down, but missing 10 games wouldn't guarantee Bell wouldn't get hurt. It just reduces the likelihood. What if Bell bypassed 7 mil or 9 mil, whatever, and still blew out a knee in one of the games he did play? This is by no means a desperate situation for the Steelers. I laugh when people say the Steelers can't win without Bell. Yo, you sure about that? Because they certainly haven't won with them. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Uh, this just in from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Bell signed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Fowler tweets, Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers have been talking throughout the day. Deadline less than an hour. Not hearing much optimism. Bell will take the team's deal, but nothing official yet. Your thoughts on the Bell situation? Uh, I just don't think they need him to win. I think he's easily replaced, which we'll talk about next hour. Well, not next hour, uh, next segment. And uh, he didn't have a good year last year. You might think Bell did. He did not. We'll talk about that in just a little bit as well. In the meantime, I want to hear what you think. Last week we had a poll that said, should the Steelers sign Le'Veon Bell long-term? And we got like 3,000 votes. That was on Twitter. The majority said yes, but only 52% said yes. So it was a close vote. And I think the 48% that voted no, I think they got it right. Turning now to baseball. The Pirates have rallied in impressive fashion. Raise the Jolly Rancher. Uh, the Bucks beat Milwaukee five straight games at PNC Park. 
And even if that doesn't save the Pirate season, it might play a big part in wrecking the Brewers season. The Pirates walked it off yesterday with a 10th inning comeback. They are now 48 and 49 and five and a half games out of the second wild card and with six teams to jump over. So with all the enthusiasm duly noted, nothing should change. The Pirates are borderline wild card contenders and probably not even that. And whoever was going to get traded will still get traded. But hey, good for the Pirates because they're ahead of the pace a little bit for what I figured they'd do. It was a fun week. Neil Huntington, the GM, said at week's beginning it was the biggest week of the season. But Huntington lied like he always does because nothing has changed. It was a bluff, and the players called his bluff. It was fun, but it means nothing. It's funny and aggravating at the same time because with every Bucko hot streak comes a renewed cycle of optimism. Uh, we will talk about that a bit later, too. Austin Meadows is back in AAA. The Pirates totally mangled that one. I will speak more in just a bit. France is the World Cup champion. France can win World Cups, but not World Wars. They need help for that. Up next, uh, again, we will talk about the disposable nature of running backs in the National Football League. As Bell Watch continues... We got John and Ron on hold. Please do stay available. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just a thought. What, what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. You need to understand two things about the Lev Bell situation. And in case you're just tuning in, 4 o'clock is the deadline for Bell to sign long-term with the Steelers. Uh, they are negotiating, but an agreement is not imminent, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. If they don't come to an agreement, then Bell will play one more season under the franchise tag and uh, leave via free agency at the end of the 18th season. Uh, Adam Schefter saying Bell may sit out half the season to avoid 400 touches and preserve his health for free agency. But if he sat out eight games, it also avoid uh, over $7 million. So I don't think Bell's going to pass up those kind of paydays uh, to look down the road. I think if you're making 14.5 mil, you show up at the last minute, but you do show up for the first game and, and just take it from there and get all the money you can. Anyway, uh, two things you need to understand about the Bell situation. A, Lev Bell didn't have a good season last year. Not really. And B, running backs are easily replaced. Uh, getting back to Bell's season, last year the Steelers finished 20th in the NFL in rushing yards. 20th. 25th in the NFL in yards per carry at just 3.8 yards. Bell was at 4.0. They weren't getting breakaway runs, no big plays. They were 15th in rushing touchdowns. So you look at those numbers, and you realize Bell had good raw numbers because he had over 400 touches, but his yards per carry and yards per catch were at career lows. It also, frankly, makes you wonder, we talked about the whispering that the Steelers' offensive line is overrated. Maybe it is in run blocking. 
you, you hear those numbers, maybe not pass protect, but maybe it is overrated when it comes to run blocking. Okay, so you heard what Bell and the Steelers' rushing attack did, and uh, all that just isn't that hard to replace. It'd be hard this year with Connor, but you just draft the back in the second or third round next year. Problem solved. And then you take that money you're paying Bell and invest it in the defense where investment is needed. Maybe when Bell leaves, the team actually gets better. We got Matt Williamson, our football guru, on to discuss in about 10 minutes right here on the X. Like I said, Bell had great raw stats last year, but his per carry and per catch just weren't that good. He had 406 touches. Bell had 85 catches, but you know who would catch most of those if he weren't there? Somebody else. He's a good receiver as a back, but somebody would catch 65 of those balls, and the Steelers would find a way to make up the yardage of the other 20 catches. Uh, you look at the league last year, and four running backs made major impact as rookies. Fournette, McCaffrey, Hunt, and Kamara. Fournette and McCaffrey were first-round picks, but Hunt and Kamara were third-rounders, and a couple other rookie backs were on their way to making major impact before they got hurt early in the season. Those were uh, Dalvin Cook at Minnesota and Chris Carson at Seattle. Cook was a second-round pick. Uh, Carson was a seventh-round pick. And that's why the elite backs don't make that much, because they're easily replaced. It's a passing league. Running backs don't count that much. They just don't. So 4 p.m. is the deadline. That's 39 minutes away. Bell and the Steelers are reportedly still trying to reach agreement on a long-term deal. I don't think they will, and I don't think the Steelers should want to. You know who feels the same way I do? The Ford King, Richard Bazzi. He just dropped in, pinstripe suit, cowboy hat, looking so good. And he didn't want to ring the bell. He said enough is enough. You know what crosses my mind? If Bell doesn't sign that tag and start skipping games, what if the Steelers yank the tag, which they could? Now, now that wouldn't keep Bell from getting his big payday next year, but he'd make next to nothing this year because teams are up against it cap-wise. 412-333-9939. Let's go to John in Morgantown. John, you're on with Double M. Mark. I agree with you. I don't believe Bell will miss any game checks. But my question was to you is uh, if he does sit out uh, eight, nine, ten weeks, can the Steelers then pull the franchise tag and leave him out in the, you know, on the on, I think they'd on, be on, tempted to pull it if he sat out two or three games. Yes. Although you got to be careful, brah. You, you can't ditch him out of revenge or petulance. Uh, you're still playing for right now. You still got Ben for a finite amount of years, and you're trying to make the most of the window. So I would be very careful with that. But if he set out three games and shows no signs of coming in, I'd call him up. You know what I would do? I'd call him after one game and say, look, you're here next week or you're done. You play week two or you're done. And maybe you're bluffing, maybe you're not. Can he afford to find outs? Let's go to Ron in the car. Ron, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, I just wanted to touch on uh, what you was talking about like a second ago, and you commented on a month ago. You said that the Steelers could get a running back for like an eighth of his salary and put the money elsewhere. I'm just like wondering, like, 
Why don't they do that? Well, they can't do it now. Well, I mean, not like right now, but like, you know, just in the long run, like, think about it in the long run. Like, why pay this guy all this money? And it's like, it just makes no sense to me. I'm not a Le'Veon Bell fan myself, though. That's why. But Well, you have to be a fan of his talent. but uh, And I don't blame him for trying to get money. I mean, that's why he does what he does. That's why I do what I do. But uh, I don't think it'll turn out good for him if he starts skipping games. Yeah, I also think he's a – I don't blame him for going after his money, but I just think he's a little ungrateful for his talents that he has. Oh, no, no, no. There's no such thing as field. gratitude or loyalty in pro sports. There just True. isn't. Just isn't. True. Tweet from John. Explain how Connor is not starting material. He's just not. He's not good enough. Injury prone, too. When the Steelers drafted James Conner, I think they made a mistake. I think they drafted the story, the cancer survivor. And then he, he came back from a knee injury. And that's all a great story. But I think the story magnified his ability past reality. I just don't see him as a starter. I'm not even sure he's the level backup the Steelers need. And he's kind of antiquated style-wise. He's a power back. The bus ain't what you want now. And he ain't the bus anyway. 412-333-9939. Up next, it's our football guru, Matt Williamson. Oh, oh, by the way, if the Steelers franchise Bell next year, they'd have to pay him 17.45 mil. I'm surprised they're paying him 14.5 with the tag this year. Not a lot surprised, but definitely a little surprised. 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. Is that a compromise, verbally speaking? Verbally speaking. How stupid is that? What other kind of verbally is there besides speaking? The X at 105.9. Tick, tock, tick, tock. The Steelers have 28 minutes to sign Le'Veon Bell, or the franchise tag kicks in. Well, not quite, because he's still going to sign it, and who knows when he's going to show up. Joining me now to discuss all the variables is our football guru, Matt Williamson. Matt, what's your hunch? Will the Steelers sign a long-term deal with Bell today? They talk about the negotiations being close, but I bet that's just talk. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for two years, that I would handle it exactly how they have. I would give the illusion to Bell to keep him sort of happy, but more importantly to the unwashed masses that I'm trying to sign this guy but in the reality, you know you have the trump card with the franchise tag. Franchise him last year, run him into the ground. Franchise him this year, run him into the ground. Send him on his way. To me, that's the good business decision. They're probably having talks. I don't think that's lip service. But in the end of the day, I think the smart move, and I think what will happen is they won't come into a long-term deal. Uh, Schefter from ESPN says Bell might skip eight games, and he could skip as many as ten to stay healthy for free agency and avoid that big workload. But uh, I don't see him passing up that kind of money, uh, Matt. What are the pros and cons of that? Well, I mean, the pros are, like you said, if you're him, try to conserve yourself for the big payday at the end of the year. It's, you know, still come back, show you can play, and you know, at least give people tape to go off of down the home stretch. Maybe get your team into the playoffs and you know have a national stage to show off your wares. For your next suitor. But, I mean, every step of the way, I feel like he's gotten bad advice. And doing that to me would be further proof of that. 
I mean, these guys get paid on a weekly basis. They get a check. If you make $16 million a year, you get a, a check for a million on Monday, you know, every year, every week. And nobody passes those up anymore. You used to see holdouts. Aaron Donald held out for one game last year and still won defensive MVP. I mean, like, that was rare. It, it never happens. It's not smart business. You're turning down a lot of money. Well, I don't know if he's getting bad advice. I've not dismissed the possibility, Matt, that he's getting good advice and ignoring it. Oh, that's possible, too. I, I think his plan of action is poor. Either he's getting good advice and ignoring it, or he's getting bad advice like we, we both kind of alluded to here. And I, I see what he's doing, though. I mean, he has a point that, hey, I'm more than just a running back. He's trying to you know, pave the way for the David Johnsons of the worlds and girlies and all these guys that are catching so many more passes than in the past, and they are ma- massive contributors. But as in any walk of life, whenever you try to reinvent the wheel, there's a lot of resistance. And I just think that for him personally, it's not going to work out all that well. If the Steelers don't sign Bell long-term, is that good or bad for the Steelers? I look at DeMarco Murray retiring on Friday, and I wonder about where Bell's at in his career timeline. Where will Bell's career be in two years? I think it's declining already. I mean, I've said this on the air many times, that I think when we look at Bell's career, we'll look at 2016, and that will be the apex. And it was a Hall of Fame stretch. I mean, he was the one of the best players in the league and the best back in the league at that time. And I thought last year... You know, and the stats bear it out that less explosion, you know, more production on volume as opposed to chunk plays. And the, the workload is unprecedented. And, you know, father time and the workload never lose. And I think that they're already taking their toll. How hard would it be to replace Bell in 2019? I know that's uh, over a year away. But James Conner can't do it. The Steelers would obviously have to draft somebody. That said, backs are readily available in the draft every year, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And it's very early, but the only thing against that point is, from what I understand, these last couple draft classes have been much better at the running back position than the upcoming one. But, you know, Kevin Coleman's a free agent. You know, he's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's a good player. And you can find guys. You know, you bring in a guy like Coleman and use a second-round pick. I'm with you that the answer is not on the roster Jalen Samuel is a really good receiver, and that's why he was brought here, you know, to, you know, amongst other things. I don't know that Connor can do that. That's absolutely going to be the key, though. I mean, his running style is wonderful, and he's a great runner of the football. But in today's football and what they do with him, his replacement has to be an A to A, you know, A-plus type receiver. Let's say the Steelers draft a competent back in 2019 after Bell's gone and reinvest the money Bell had been getting into the defense. Couldn't that actually be a gain for Pittsburgh? Absolutely. You know, if you move on from Bud Dupree and you use Dupree and Bud's money for, or, you know, Bud and Bell's money for an edge pass rusher who's coming off his first contract and those guys are expensive and put him opposite Watt and then all of a sudden, wow, your front five's really something. Or you even go lesser and you get the best true linebacker on the market. You know, I mean, uh, I agree. I mean, Bell's probably a better football player, and maybe he won't be then, but right now, than the defensive player you'd bring in. But the defense needs more help, and there's more running backs out there. And, again, I mean, guys like Bell don't grow on trees. I mean, he's a special player. He still is. But if he's a declining asset, then I think that that decision's very easy. 
We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru, former NFL and college scout. You can hear him on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, did Bell have a good year last year? His raw numbers were good, but the Steelers finished 20 in, 20th in rushing as a team and 25th in yards per carry. Right, and a lot of it was volume-related. Um, a couple things of note. I mean, I think his run blocking was better in the past than it was last year, but it still is one of the better lines in the league. You know, I mean, there's a lot of backs out there that say, hey, I'll, I'll run on that offense. Um, I do think the play calling, and I hope this changes, got a little more predictable. And since we talked last, Mark, I did some homework on it, and when they were in heavier personnel groups, you know, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, they ran a, a much higher percentage of the time than league average. So I'm hoping with a new offensive coordinator they become a little less predictable for just from a, a run-pass per, percentage and predictability standpoint. But I keep coming back to the same thing that, to me, watching Bell was still very impressive, but not like 2016. You know, it, it was very good, but it wasn't what it was. And that position shows us, and I hope he proves us wrong, that he probably is not going to bounce back to 2016 form. Now, Bell got offered, uh, reportedly, $60 million over five years last offseason with $30 million payable over the first two years of that contract. Should he have taken that offer? I think so. You know, I mean, that would, I mean, thinking about that now, you'd pay him that, you'd pay him the next year, and then maybe he becomes cuttable. You know, people realize that. And if, he, if they're in the middle of signing a contract as we speak, I hope it's something similar where he gets some good money this year, gets some good money next year, and then he becomes cuttable. You know, that you don't, you're not really married to him for the length of the contract. And my hunch is that's how that contract would have been structured anyway. And investing five years in a running back just isn't smart, and it's not very Steeler-like. So I do think he probably should have done that. But the other thing we see around the league, I mean, Jarek McKinnon was a free agent last year, and he's an okay player, but he's now like the fifth highest-paid running back in the league because he was a free agent. And there's teams like the Niners and the Browns that are just have it's monopoly money to them. So even if Bell is a declining asset, becomes a free agent, somebody's going to pay him a lot. And even though they probably shouldn't, because there's ten teams in the league that have more money than they know what to do with. Well, will they pay him the fifteen mil, seventeen mil per year, whatever that he wants, that he raps about? And will they give him a deal like the Steelers offered last year, sixty million over five years? Because, like you said, he is a depreciating asset. I understand that some teams, you know, have so much cap room it's monopoly money. But by the same token, he's a year, and after this coming year too. He's two more years into his prime than he was. I would hope that the, the people would not, you know, and that's unprecedented money for a running back. But it only takes one fool, you know. I mean, it only takes one guy to bite to do it, to sell jerseys or to, you know, a young quarterback coming in to make that quarterback's life easier. So I don't know that he'll get that money, but maybe he'll get 12, 13-ish. And, again, I'll kind of shake my head at it and say that's bad business, but it only takes one. How's Bell going to handle this? Because I don't think Le'Veon Bell thinks about anything besides wanting what he wants. Uh, never mind when he shows up, how many games he misses. What's his attitude going to be? Because I think he's a big baby, Matt. Yeah, he has shown some of that in the past. And, uh, you know, I'm more worried what he looks like as a player when he arrives. And, I mean, I didn't think he started the season great. And when I watched it originally, I was kind of like, 
yeah, he looks okay, not quite. And then you look back and you said, well, he could have used some, some time in camp. I don't know that he'll be disruptive. I mean, I don't know that he's a bad guy. And I don't know him personally, so I can't really speak on those things. But And I do think that locker room can handle something along those lines, immaturity and some pouting and things like that. But I think they're going to give him the ball an un, unbelievable amount of time. They already have. I mean, when you, when you factor in the receptions, his workload's insane over the last couple of years. Do you expect Bell to start off slow whenever he does show up? Because he certainly did last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But they also faced great run defenses early in the year. You know, Minnesota and Jacksonville and even Chicago, some of those teams. The Browns can stop the run. People don't realize it. So I think that had something to do with it. And, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I hope he comes here, looks like a, a facsimile of himself, gets better, 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 better. But, you know, that, that position after wear and tear doesn't always lend itself to that. Is there any circumstance that could convince the Steelers to yank the franchise tag if he didn't show up for two, three, four games? I don't think, and I don't think they even considered this, but I would have considered fielding offers around the draft for him. You know, that when he was a tradable commodity, now you can't really trade him for anything that can help you win this year. I mean, if you could have traded him for a pick use that pick on Darius Geis or somebody, and then just kind of wash your hands of him and use that money elsewhere, then I'm cool with it. But now I don't know that it's worth it. Matt, as always, great stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next uh, 16 minutes, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Mark. Take care. That's Matt Williamson. It is only 16 minutes till Bell either signs long-term or does not sign long-term, and then he'll be franchised, and then who knows when he'll show up. I do know this, it's 16 minutes until we never have to talk about a Le'Veon Bell deadline again. Uh, you know, I know that you would like the Steelers, some of you would like the Steelers to yank the franchise tag if he doesn't show up week one. You can't do it out of anger and revenge. You really need him to make the most of your season. Uh, then again, it wouldn't shock me at all. This isn't a prediction, but... It would not shock me at all if Bell played this year, the Steelers didn't win, they drafted somebody in the second or third round to play running back next year, signed an inside backer out of free agency that could play, and then they won the Super Bowl. That would not surprise me. In fact, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, talking to you, Mark. Hey, so be it. Kill's fine. Hey, Mark, big fan. Hey, super genius. How you doing today? Getting funky like a monkey. The X at 105.9. Here's an update on the negotiations between the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. It's over. Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers did not agree on a long-term deal. He will play on the franchise tag and earn $14.5 million. And at the earliest, you're going to see Le'Veon Bell at the end of training camp. And like Adam Schefter of ESPN reported, he's hearing Bell might skip games to cut down his workload and keep himself healthy for free agency. But he'd be passing up game checks of 900 k plus every time he doesn't show so. I don't think Lev Bell can afford to do that. I don't think he's a saver. Doesn't strike me as a saver. I want your reaction. 412 
Here's a quote from Lev Bell's agent, Adisa Bakari, quote, his intention was to retire as a stealer, but now that there's no deal, the practical reality is this now likely will be Le'Veon's last season as a stealer, unquote. To which I can only say, well, bye. And Bakari added, quote, it became clear the Steelers wanted to pay the position and not the player, unquote. That's a crock, but uh, the notion that running backs are persecuted is ridiculous. Uh, some jamoke named Bucky Brooks who used to play, and now he's in the media like everybody used to play, he says the bias against running backs is real. Le'Veon Bell has been one of the most productive players in NFL history, yet his franchise tag and contract demands are lower than the average annual value of contracts for Sam Bradford, $20 million, Tannehill, $19.25 mil, Case Keenum, $18 mil, Blake Bortles, $18 mil, and Andy Dalton, $16 mil. Think about that. Well, Bucky, and by the way, what kind of grown man is called Bucky? I have thought about it, and it makes perfect sense because there aren't even 15 good quarterbacks in the NFL. Not even 15. There is a plethora of running backs. Quarterbacks are important. Running backs not as important. What about that don't you understand? It's not equal pay for equal work. It's more pay if you're more important. And quarterbacks are more important. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. There was also a, a quote that amused me from Pro Football Talk. The Steelers really encounter a player who refuses to accept whatever the Steelers want him to accept. I admire Le'Veon Bell for pushing for more. Unquote. I'm going to respond to that in a few seconds. And I'm going to say, I know a lot of people who bang their heads against brick walls and wind up with skull fractures. I admire Le'Veon Bell for going past the skull fracture all the way to brain damage. Because he's not worth what he wants. He's not worth what he wants. I don't know why that's so hard to understand that no running back in the league is worth $15 million a year. I don't even think a running back in the league is worth $10 million, quite honestly, per year. Not Bell. The guy in Atlanta, Freeman, he's making $8.25. Left Bell wants almost twice what he makes. Don't compare Bell's salary to Tannehill's or Bradford's or those quarterbacks compared to other running backs in the league because that is the reality. The absolute reality of the position. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, thanks to my buddy Jim Kittleberger, the former Pittsburgh Spirit physio, who now works on various luminaries in private practice and has done for years, including Mario Lemieux, he had me at his World Cup viewing party yesterday at his home. Uh, France won 4-2. to Very entertaining game. And uh, I was only the third most famous person there. So I won't be going back. No, it was great. 
But Eddie Johnston was there, EJ. And Rocky Blyer was there. How great was it to see those two guys, Rocky and EJ? Uh, a lot of fun yesterday. So thanks to Jimmy, his lovely missus, everybody involved, because I had a, a great time. Uh, I want to get to this. We're going to talk about Lev Bell. What, what do you think of the way it turned out with Lev Bell? Call now, 412-333-WXDX. Uh, Scarlett Johansson pulled out of that movie about the trans pimp from Pittsburgh back in the 70s, Dante Texkill. Woman who lived as a man, ran prostitution in Pittsburgh, owned a bunch of massage parlors. Uh, so the movie was called Rub and Tug. Great title. But Scarlett Johansson pulled out of the lead because the uh, LGBTQ community said in no uncertain terms a trans actor should play that role the tech skill role so ScarJo pulled out and okay here's what's going to happen now the movie just won't get made with all due respect and support to the LGBTQ community I can't name one single trans actor of any prominence not one People don't think about stuff like this when they buy a ticket to see a movie. They want to see a star. Scarlett Johansson is a star. The notion of fairness won't ever be allowed to compromise what's best for business. And anyway, isn't fair in this case about who's the better actor? This is silly. This movie's about a trans pioneer of sorts. It's about a trans pioneer and objections from the trans community will have turned out to kill the movie. I think if they had it to do over again, they'd do the same thing. But that, that was dumb on their part. Just dumb on their part. 412-333-9939. Ian Rappaport now says, with Bell playing another season on the franchise tag, the highest paid running back on a long-term deal is Devontae Freeman at 8.25 mil per year. I just talked about that. Rappaport continues. This development makes it challenging for stars like Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson to receive a fair extension. Well, David Johnson was hurt all last year, so he stole money as far as I'm concerned. And if the worst thing that happens is that the best running backs in football see their pay cut off at 8 or $9 million, oh no. How will they afford to feed their family? You know, there's dumb and there's PR dumb. Talk like that is both. Bell wanting to be a pioneer. Bell don't want to be no pioneer. Bell just wants paid, yo. 412-333-9939. we got a full board of calls. We'll get to all of them. But in 30 seconds, we're going to talk about the way the Pirates mangled the Austin Meadows situation. 105.9 yet.